Have you guys ever gone through struggles? Yes? Or are you going through some now, perhaps? Uh, I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you might be dealing with, but I know that the human experience is one of struggles. That, that's just the way our lives are. Uh, we, we learned about that when we talked with the children this week. And, and I began my story, uh, the story of Noah and the ark, by, by bring, taking the kids all the way back to the very beginning when God created a beautiful world. He created a perfect place. And it was wonderful and, and amazing and awesome. And, and there was no sin and there was no, no, no death. And, and things were perfect. And the first people that he created Adam and Eve then rebelled against God and, and at that point sin and brokenness and destruction came into uh, the world and then God uh, pronounced the curses because of the, the sin and, and he basically pronounced the, the consequences and the results of what that sin was going to be and he said Adam you're going to work the ground you're gonna, you, the creation mandate is still there to take care of the earth that I've given you, but you're going to do it with labor. You're going to struggle at it. And, and, and Eve, you're going to continue. You're going to have children, and you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna have an abundance, um, but it's going to be painful. It's going to be a struggle. And that's the world that we live in. We live in a world where there's struggle, where there's, where there's wrestling, uh, the passage that we're looking at today in Ephesians chapter 6 is a, is a familiar passage to those who have been in the church, those who have maybe um, gone to Sunday school or have been in, and have been in vacation Bible school and maybe we learned about the armor of God and we, we learned about the, the, the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness. We, we learned about the shoes of the readiness of the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit. Uh, he begins that passage uh, by, by asking uh, the, the, his listeners, his readers, to be strong in the Lord. To be strong, to, to stand firm. And then he says in verse 12, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. And another translation says, Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. The image there in that, in the, that word is of the Greco-Roman wrestlers. That Paul and the Ephesians, who they lived there in the, on what, would, what is now on the coast of modern Turkey, and they were very familiar with the Olympic Games, the games that are happening right now in Rio, but back at that time they would have been familiar with the, the Greek Games, the Olympic Games that originated in that, in that state, uh, in in. In Athens and, and in Greek and its or Greece and its uh, its related um, countries, and the Romans continued that that tradition, and and they would have they would have they would have imagined uh, the wrestlers, the grapplers, the struggle, the arms and the legs and the and the and, and trying to overcome, and that's what our experience is like in many ways in this world. I would, want to, I would want to invite you to think about the struggles that you're having. Think about the things that you're wrestling with right now. Maybe it's 
something physical. Uh, maybe it's some sp a spiritual struggle. Maybe it's an emotional struggle. Maybe it's a relationship struggle. Maybe it's a financial struggle. And, and I want to invite you today to pray. I want to invite you into the struggle of prayer. Wrestle with these things in prayer. The, the passage before us is long. <laughs> and I wish I had time to take every verse and every passage and talk about... I talk about each piece of the armor of God and, and, uh, and, and talk about the nuances of, of them all. And how, how Paul says to be strong and, and to put on the whole armor of God, not to leave anything out. And, and then he says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. And in other words, it's not just our human, it's not human adversaries that we're concerned with. It's not people who believe differently than us that we're concerned with. It's not uh, co-workers or family that we're having problems with that is our, our, our main adversary. But he says it's the rulers, the authorities, the cosmic powers over this present darkness, the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. In other words, what, we, what the true adversary, the true situation that we're in is spiritual. I would love to talk to you more about that. <laughs> I'd love to unfold that more and, and then... And then to talk about how he says to take up the whole armor of God. So once again, he talks about the whole armor. And he says to take it up. And, and, and actually the word is to receive the whole armor of God. In other words, it's, it's imagine. Imagine. You might have to imagine. And some of you won't have to imagine it. Because maybe you've been there. Um, imagine being a soldier. And you're, you, you're, you're standing on the... You're on the line on the first uh, day or two, and and uh, and you say uh, the person in front of you says, "Okay, next," and you step forward, and and they give you your uniforms, and they give you your boots, and they give you your equipment, and you get the 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 weapons of your warfare, you you get the the armor and and all of the 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 resources that you need. You are you're outfitted with them. That's what he's talking about. These are not things that we generate in ourselves. We don't come up with the armor. We don't fashion our own armor for spiritual battle. It's given to us by God. So he gives it to us. And then he says in verse 14, and, and uh, this, this passage, or this phrase occurs um, a couple times here in the passage, but he says, Stand therefore. And what Paul is concerned with is that we are standing firm, that we're holding the ground. We're like a platoon of soldiers that, that have this area that, we're, that we are supposed to occupy. And, and our, our commanding general, our officer over us is saying, stand firm, hold the ground. And you can't do it unless you have the armor with you. You have to have the whole armor. You have to be fully equipped. Everything that I have given you, all the resources that I've given you, are yours in Christ Jesus. And I want you to take them and I want you to stand and hold the ground because you will be attacked. 
Get into that defensive posture. Um, lock your shields together. Make sure that your, your equipment is fastened on correctly. It's no good to have body armor and have it in your duffel bag. It's no good to have plates for your vest and t to remove them because they're uncomfortable. It's no good to loosen up your chin strap and, and let your helmet rest on the back of your head or set it on the seat beside you. You need it with you. And you need all of these, uh, these pieces in working order so you can stand firm in the evil day. So you will be ready to withstand the attacks of the enemy in your life. I don't want to give too much credit to the enemy of souls and blame him for every uh, toast, you know, stubbed toe or every um, financial um, or every, say, credit card bill that you have. And maybe, that, maybe some of those things are our own faults. Maybe we left something out. Or maybe we are, you know, maybe we're not spending money like we should. Or, or maybe we got in a fight with a, a coworker and now they're angry at us. And maybe it was all of our fault because we antagonized them. I, I, I'm not saying that we blame all of these things on the enemy. But what I am saying and what Paul is saying is that the enemy is going to come against us. The enemy is going to, in, in the context of this passage, the enemy is going to try to destroy our hope in God. He's going to try to dest destroy our sense of the grace of God in our lives. He's going to cause us to work out our own salvation on our own power and not in His power. He's going to cause us to work for righteousness rather than to receive the righteousness that comes through faith in Jesus. He's going to destroy our unity and cause us to have division so that we're divided on everything. We're divided politically, we're divided uh, racially in this country and maybe even in our own neighborhoods. He's going to do all of these things. That's what the enemy does. So our fight isn't necessarily against those different types of people or the different types of organizations or ideologies. Our fight is a spiritual one. And so he comes down to verse 18. I want to read that again for you. Verse 18, he's kind of in the middle of a sentence there, but let's just go with it. He says this, Praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Now, if you read that verse or listen to that verse a few times, you might hear something kind of jump out at you. Number one, the word prayer is mentioned a couple times. Number two, the word supplication is mentioned a couple times. But also the word all. <laughs> the word all jumped out to me as I was reading and meditating and studying this passage this week. He says, praying at all times, with all prayer, with all perseverance, for all the saints. I thought that... That sounds like a pretty good um, outline for a message from these verses. What does he mean by praying at all times? See, and why is he even talking about praying? Didn't he just say, here's the armor of God, put it on? There you go. You've got your armor. You've got, you've got what you need. You've got the helmet of salvation. You've even got the sword of the Spirit, 
which was the, the short sword that the Roman soldiers um, carried to do close quarter combat. You've got all that you, that you need in Christ. You've got all of the armor. Why does Paul then say, praying at all times? Imagine, again with me, that platoon of soldiers in the middle of combat. They have all the, the equipment that they need. They have all the armor that they need. They've got their weapons ready. They're outfitted for, for whatever might come. Where do they go? What do they do? How, do, how are they going to know if the enemy is coming around the next hill? How are they going to know what their job is for this day and the next? There's a little thing called communication. <laughs> they receive orders. They receive commands. They receive direction through their means of communication. The radio. The radio man is right there to, to say, hey, the commanding officer has something for you. Or here's the report for the day. Or to send, and even to send communication back. So the communication goes back and forth so that the soldier knows what he is supposed to do and when he is supposed to do it. And then when the soldier is in the middle of the fight and, and things are going poorly, he's not just there going, woe is me, here we go again, all is lost, what am I going to do? He turns and he sees, there's the radio, I can call for backup, I can call for support, I can get the help that I need when I need it. And so you see, that's what Paul is trying to get at. Praying at all times means in the thick of it, when things are bad, you have somebody to turn to. You have God, the Heavenly Father, right there on the other line, so to speak, to say, God, I need help. I need you in this time of need. I need support. And you also, uh, he's saying praying at all times because there are those times when things are good. Things are, are pretty okay. We're not feeling the heat of the battle. We're not in that battle rhythm. We're actually out of that. We're in a rest rhythm. And things seem to be really, really good at that time. And so we occupy ourselves with a lot of our own interests and our own things. And at those times, we forget to pray. We forget that we need to check in every day. <laughs> If you're the soldier, you need to check in. You need to make those reports. And you, you need to get what's, what's the mission for the day. Because things aren't crazy and you don't need backup and you don't need indirect fire. and you, you don't need that kind of support. But you do need, you, need, need, you do need to be close to your commander. You do need to hear from him. And so he says that it's okay to be prepared. It's good to have all of these weapons in place, all of this armor in place, and you must have it. Don't leave anything out. But don't stop there. Pray at all times in the Spirit. Let your requests be made known to God for those times of good and those times of bad, when things are at peace and when things are in war, praying at all times. Praying at all times. Then he says this, with all prayer and supplication. So the word prayer 
originally meant just uh, it's basically that junk drawer term for prayer. It encompasses just all kinds of communication, all ways of praying to God, saying, God, you're, you're great, those prayers of adoration or praise, um, giving thanks to God, uh, confessing sins to God, and then asking requests of God. And, and he makes it really specific here, and he, and he goes to supplication. He says, prayer and supplication. And supplication is another word for prayer, it's, but it, it, it is that, that specific kind of prayer that is offering a request to God. So he says, with all prayer and supplication. So all prayer would be all kinds of prayer. Our church has been talking about prayer for now two months. We've been, we've been studying it. We've been looking at it in the Word every Sunday morning for the past, um, well, seven, six, seven weeks, something like that. And we've been talking about prayer, and one of the things we, we have been talking about is how, uh, how the Bible talks about prayer and all the different ways of prayer that, that the Bible teaches us to do. And we ought to explore all of them. We ought to read the prayers of the Bible. We ought to pray the prayers of the Bible. We ought to turn what we're reading into prayers from the Bible. And supplication, we ought not to, to neglect requesting things of God and asking Him to do what only He can do. We glorify God. We, we make Him uh, glorious in our lives, not by, not by anything we do, but by allowing Him to be God. We let God be God when we pray to Him in faith and offer requests to Him. And then he says, to that end, so in regards to this, um, this, in the same way, he says, keep alert with all perseverance. Keep alert with all perseverance. And what he means by that is what the soldier has to think about when he's in a combat zone. And he's in the middle of that. And especially when things seem to be really good, right? At those peaceful moments where the enemy is quiet and where the, the soldiers are just kind of in a regular thing of just hanging out and waiting and, you know, you're on guard duty and I'm not and then we'll switch up in 10 hours, 12 hours. And, but Paul is using that, that battle metaphor, that soldier metaphor to remind us to keep alert, to stay awake Jesus referred to this over and over. When Jesus was preparing um, His disciples for His death and his, his resurrection and then ultimate ascension into heaven, He warned them of what was to come. Things are going to be difficult. You're going to go through struggles. So stay awake. Be alert. Keep alert with all perseverance. That's endurance. How many of you have ever run uh, a half marathon, full marathon, anything like any? Have any, any of you ever done an endurance race? Have any of you had to stay awake for 24 hours or more? Um, some of you probably have. Maybe you didn't have to, but you chose to. <laughs> you know how, how difficult it is to, to stay alert for that period of time and... and uh, you know, we, we thank God in moments like that for the caffeine that He created that is in our drinks and we can, we can use that to persevere. I don't think Paul was referring to caffeine when he was talking about staying alert, keeping alert with all perseverance. But, but I think what he's talking about is that in our spiritual lives,
in the, in the experiences that we go through, the ongoing struggle of our lives and the battles that we, we face spiritually, we need to keep alert. And we do that through prayer. When we go to God in prayer, when we make prayer a regular habit, a rhythm of our lives, it helps us to stay alert to what's going on around us. I had so many opportunities to pray this week with our, with our uh, workers for the Summer Children's Program and as well as the Hops Festival and with our, our missions team that we served with. And, and, uh, and then there are those times of prayer that um, I have with, the, with a few men when we gather on Wednesday morning down at Mugshots and, and uh, again in another coffee house uh, on Friday morning with, with uh, a few men that I, we talk about uh, God's Word together and, and uh, we, we just sharpen each other and we challenge each other and we grow in that way. And, and every time we get together in those moments, we're praying together. And there were, there were times this, this, the, this summer where I was away for a week or a couple of weeks and I was out of town and I was out of those rhythms. And I realized that I was getting dull that my alertness was was starting to fade, that I was starting to snooze a little bit spiritually. And when I came back and I got back together with my, my brothers and sisters in Christ and my church and, and, and those men that I pray to with and study the Bible with and we prayed together, it sharpened me. It, it caused my eyes to open and all of a sudden I was alert to what was going on around me, to the struggles that, that, that others were having, to the needs that there were, are in the body of Christ, to, to the community that we're serving, to the mission that we're called to, to love people and share the good news of Jesus. And, and I think prayer is the, is the secret to keeping alert with all perseverance. So in all of those times, persevere, endure, and pray. Keep praying. And stay alert. And then he says, finally, making supplication for all the saints. So we have all of the saints. What are the saints? In the New Testament, the saints are... Uh, he's using a word that, that really means holy ones. Uh, individuals or people who are holy. And, and the New Testament tells us that holy ones are, are just are those who are in Christ. Those who know Jesus. Those who are His disciples, they're Christians who have faith in God through Jesus Christ. And those are, those are saints. They're not some special class of people who are really, really good and an almost perfect kind of people that maybe one day I'll be a saint. But He says that any of you who are in Christ, who have put your faith and trust in Him, are saints. And so what is he saying? Making supplication for all the saints. It's all perseverance. And it, really the, the wording here in the original language, I don't like to Greek out on you too much, but it's kind of cool that, that it's all perseverance and all supplication for all the saints. The, the perseverance and supplication are together. And it's this just all, supplication for all the saints um, we ought to be lifting up the needs of those around us all of the time for every person. Even in, in other places where Jesus says to treat your enemies with kindness, to pray for those who persecute you. And even maybe some of the saints, some of the brothers and sisters in Christ who we've had conflict with and 
sometimes we don't really want to pray for them. Or if we do, we want to pray a type of imprecatory prayer and say, God, judge them. God, you, if you really do send lightning bolts down to strike people, you, here's somebody you should do that to. But yet, I think the kind of supplication he's talking about is, these brothers and sisters have real needs. These brothers and sisters are struggling too. It's not just me and what I'm going through. It's not just the people that I love and respect who I'm going to pray for. But all of my brothers and sisters who are in Christ have needs. And I can put on the whole armor of God, praying at all times, with all prayer and supplication, all kinds of prayers, in the peaceful times and in the war times, with all perseverance, staying alert, because I'm continuing to pray, and I'm continuing to be aware of what's going on around me, and what's going on in my own heart, and I'm praying for all the saints, all of the people that are around me. And I uh, I'm not saying that you ought to start making a, a master list of all of the Christians all over the world. And that might be a little illogical, but what about all of the people in your life? What about all of the people around you that you know? Are you praying for them? Why did Paul choose to talk about prayer? Well, as I said before, it's, it's one thing to have all of the armor. It's one thing to be spiritually equipped um, it, through our faith in Jesus to have everything that we need to fight the battles. But it's another thing to stay in communication with our commanding officer, God Himself, the Heavenly Father, through Jesus, His Son, through the power of the Holy Spirit as we pray. To stay in communication with Him Praying at all times. I've been exhorting our church to pray for a month and a half now, and I'm going to keep doing it. And I want prayer to be our lifeblood. Prayer, in many, in many uh, ways, is not just a part of the mission. It's not just the how-to. It's not just a strategy for the work of, of following Jesus and the work of being the church and serving and loving our community. But it is the work. It is the mission. Because without it, none of that makes any difference. There's a proverb that you'll have to look up because I failed to look up the reference because it's just kind of been floating around in my head for years. And it's this. It's in the context of the, the nation of Israel that, that waged, waged war with, with horses and chariots and swords and arrows and slings. And uh, it's this. The horse is made ready for battle, but victory is with the Lord. We ought to prepare hard we ought to prepare. And, and as believers, we prepare by taking all the armor that God gives us, considering all that He has given us. But we not only prepare hard, we pray. And if we don't pray, all of the preparation in the world is going to come to nothing in Jesus' in Jesus economy, in God's kingdom. 
we pray because the battle is with the Lord. The battle is with the Lord. Unless the Lord builds the house, the psalmist says, those who labor build it in vain. Unless God is behind it. And my friends, I think that's exactly what Paul was talking about in Ephesians. Talking about the struggles that we are going to go through as believers, the struggles, struggles we are going to go through as a church, and that the enemy is going to fire his, his or, or shoot his fiery darts at us, his flaming arrows at us to try to knock us out and to tr- try to cause us to throw down our armor and leave the battlefield. But God says, don't do it. Pray. Pray at all times with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, what a, what a great and glorious privilege it is to receive from you all that we need in Christ. All that we need for the battle. All that we need for the struggles that we go through. You are there. I thank you, God, that we're not alone in that. Because the entire context of that passage is that we're, we're in it together. That it's we wrestle not uh, against flesh and blood. Um, and so we take up the whole armor together. God, I pray that we will prepare with you in the knowledge and the strength that you provide and that we will do all in prayer. That we will remember we have a wartime walkie-talkie to communicate directly to you through prayer. That we glorify you when we pray. That we let you be you in our lives when we pray. So let us pray in all circumstances, with all prayers and all perseverance for all the saints, God. For your glory and our joy, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.